ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Straight Talking English. I am your host, Catherine, STR8 Talk English on Twitter, straighttalkingenglish.co.uk. If you go on my website, you can find the full set of my full context books, Jekyll and Hyde, Christmas Carol, Sign of Four of Mice and Men and both halves of the AQA poetry. The books that one angry person called Bodged. Well, cheers guys, thank you very much. But a lot of other nicer people have given me five star reviews of and trust me, they are very good and not bodged at all. I have a YouTube, of course, where you can check out context videos. Same intro as ever over the summer, I tend to take a little bit of a break from my regular programming and I take the opportunity to answer some of my listeners' questions about literature because we all love a good literature question. This question comes from my friend Snowden. He says, what would you say Shakespeare's most distinct work is? Now it's a very good question from Snowden. If you like his question, you may well like the band he is brass player for. They are called Codename Colin. They were at Slam Dunk Festival last year and they're also on Spotify. Codename Colin are absolutely tremendous, much like this question. What would you say Shakespeare's most distinct work is? Now this was a bit of a head scratcher. I did think about this for a while and I've decided on an answer that may not, may not agree with everyone, but it was a what do I think question. And I think it's Titus Andronicus. This is one of Shakespeare's plays, it's not one of the big names, but in the 19th century where everyone started getting a little bit Shakespeare crazy, oh my gosh he is the greatest writer in the English language, we cannot get enough of him. This is the play that everyone said is terrible. Like he's a great writer, great writer, except Titus Andronicus. We don't talk about Titus Andronicus. You know, like the awkward album from an excellent band's back history. We just don't mention it. So let me let me tell you the story. First of all, the brothers Saturninus and Bassani, Bassianus are in contention for the Roman Emperorship. Titus Andronicus, Rome's most honoured general, returns from wars against the Goths with their queen Tamora, her sons and her lover, Aaron the Moor, as captives. Her eldest son is sacrificed by Titus and she vows revenge. Titus is nominated emperor by his brother Marcus, one of Rome's tribute tribunes. This Titus declines, instead nominating Saturninus to seal the bond of friendship. The new emperor Saturninus, possibly Saturninus, offers to marry Titus's daughter Lavinia. However, she is already pledged to Bassianus, his brother. Saturninus, by now infatuated with her with Tamora, makes her empress instead. Whew. Manipulated by Aaron the Moor, Tamora's sons, Chiron and Demetrius avenge their mother by raping and mutilating Lavinia and killing Bassianus. Aaron falsely implicates two of Titus's sons in this murder. In turn, Titus vows revenge and sends his surviving son Lucius to the Goths to raise an army and in my head they all look like Robert Smith from The Cure. Titus achieves his revenge by killing Tamora's sons and serving them up to her at a banquet, then killing her. He himself is killed by Saturninus, and his death avenged by Lucius, who is made emperor. Little bit Game of Thronesy towards the end, where, uh, oh, what's his name? The really creepy guy serves up someone in a pie. 
so delicious why not make a pie of people oh i think that was Arya stark actually who made a pie i wasn't really watching game of thrones by this point i was sort of just in it for the dragons or gotham that was a really tremendous series about the, the origin of batman i re-watched it uh, last year and penguin the penguin uh cooks his step-siblings and feeds them to his step stepmother real classy move there real classy so we have a play with assault so much murder so much murder all right all right i mean we all enjoy a good murder show i mean look at the amount of true crime podcasts i cannot even compete with that but hopefully i don't have to i'm offering something different so already it's so gory <laughs> that people are uh, not in favour of it. So the blogger Michael Roosh argues that Titus Andronicus and its story demand that we and playgoers over the century suspend logic and reason. All right, so, I mean, Othello, yeah, we have to ignore, like, the fact that Desdemona couldn't actually have got with cassio in the time scale like she just didn't have time man she was packing for her new trip like what are we doing but the whole thing we have to just suspend logic and what we know about the roman emperor the scholar grace starry west in her paper classical illusions in shakespeare's titus andronicus notes that this play is generally considered shakespeare's worst and it's not just for the excessively gory violence it's because, and I was having trouble keeping up with all those characters when I was telling you the story, there are an excessive number of classical allusions. So classical allusions, if I told you that something was a Trojan horse, you would know what I mean, and it's an allusion to a Greek myth. It's my classical allusion. This one has something like 700 in it so not only is it gory it's nigh on incomprehensible if you don't know very much about the roman empire oh my god so the whole of the 19th century people are like this is terrible it's terrible let's, let's just not let's just pretend this didn't happen let's just let's just ignore ignore this but it has had bit of a bit of a renaissance in recent years and this is why it's why i thought about titus andronicus when answering this question because no other shakespeare play has needed like a social rehabilitation with like a pr department the rest of them we've just been like it's awesome so titus andronicus has always been one of his least respected plays but after like the 1950s scholars have argued that the play is actually more accomplished than people thought in particular it's more thematically complex we've got some really good themes and it gives us insights not only into ancient rome but elizabethan society and the human condition it's a lot about revenge everyone's revenging on someone else and again what pops into my head is othello and Othello does want retribution, he wants revenge, but he's motivated by jealousy. Argo says that he wants revenge, but he's mostly just making it up because he's a psychopath. This one has justified revenge. And apparently, the only reason that is now appreciated 
is because of what's happened during the 20th and 21st centuries. Obviously, when Shakespeare wrote it and the Victorians were considering it, then no one had a clue that the Holocaust was only a few decades away. We had no idea that there would be the First World War. We had no idea about all the horrific things that were going to happen in the 20th century. The scholar A. L. Rowles wrote in 1987, in the civilised Victorian age, the play could not be performed because it could not be believed. Such is the horror of our own age, with the appalling barbarities of prison camps and resistance movements paralleling the torture and mutilation and feeding on human flesh of the play that it ceased to be improbable. Similarly, the theatre director Julie Taymor, who directed a film version in 99, says she was drawn to it because it's, she believed it was the most relevant of Shakespeare's plays for the modern era. And okay, there's been a lot of like modern updates, you know, the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet, the Kenneth Branagh, Evely Argo, the... Um, much ado about nothing featuring david tennant we have all of these lovely updates but this one we haven't actually needed to update the setting it's the themes which are of like the world has finally caught up with them in a horrible way julie tamar continued she says the play is more relevant for us than it had for the victorians because it seems like a play written for today it reeks of now because this relevance is now recognised among theatrical communities, among Shakespearean scholars, these other strands that people haven't thought of about what will a person do for revenge, about like, are we all capable of brutality, about like, you know, the organised Roman Empire descending into this infighting. All of that is newly re-examined because we now as a society can cope with it. Parallel I made at the start when I forgot the name of everybody, Game of Thrones. To the Victorians, that would be unbelievably disgusting. We've got murders, we've got beheadings, we've got incest, we've got all kinds of vile and horrific things going on but it's considered one of the greatest tv shows of modern times aside from the last season and much like a titus andronicus we're just gonna pretend that the last few episodes didn't happen that never happened it ends the way it does in my head <laughs> so basically yeah that is why i would say the most distinctive of Shakespeare's works is Titus Andronicus because it's only come into its own in the last few years when the hideousness of society has caught up with this incredibly gory play. It, the story itself is not necessarily that distinctive because, but it's the violence included in it that makes it so gross. And the reason that it's the most distinctive is because of the reputation and scholarship surrounding get well i hope i've convinced you about titus andronicus thank you very much for listening ladies and gentlemen thank you so much and i'll be back next week to answer some more questions str8 talk english on twitter straighttalkingenglish.co.uk buy my books buy my books you know you should buy my books they're very very good i will speak to you very soon have a lovely week 
Thank you.